Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Curry down the left wing. Waits for Draymond, feeds him. Looney screens for Draymond. Draymond back to Porter, the hot hand, squares up for a triple, buried it! He buried it! Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. Otto Porter Jr., Christmas in Phoenix, December the 25th, 2021. One of another of the, the huge wins for the Warriors that was a game where the Suns had everybody. The Warriors were shorthanded on that Christmas day, and they went in there and handled the Suns. That was a moment where I thought, uh-oh, I don't know about the Suns. And that was kind of the initial, hey, maybe the Warriors have a little something on them. Draymond Green, a monster effort in that one. Awesome. And Otto Porter, you talked about it earlier all of the things that they got from him that they needed, that was one of his best games as a Warrior on Christmas Day and uh, a showdown on the grand stage. The Warriors won a lot of those games early. The Lakers game, the Brooklyn game, that game in Phoenix. Warriors won a lot of those. I know Utah on New Year's was another one a week later. Warriors go in there shorthanded. Jazz have everybody. Warriors able to win. All of these moments that I think go on the championship video if you will to see draymond after that game in phoenix jd before he tested positive before yeah (laughs) before he went into the health and safety protocol because as you'll recall the warriors were dealing with all kinds of COVID issues themselves i believe jordan Poole was stuck in like boston Uh, from the week before they yeah from the week before he was in the hotel room for a while trying to clear the protocols, but that's when I think the Warriors knew, hey, not only do we still have something on the Suns, we might actually be able to do this again this year. And what I remember distinctly in Phoenix is Draymond walks out of the building and is like, oh, yeah. His chest was puffed out. He was thinking, we're in a really good place. And to his credit, he knew once they kind of broke down the Suns the way they did and once they kept playing defensively the way that they had shown that they had been playing for two months, they went, okay, things are at that place where we need them to be. A couple of notes from that game, December 25th at Footprint Center in Phoenix. Steph Curry and Draymond Green played. The Warriors did not have Andrew Wiggins. In that game, they did not have Jordan Poole. Clay Thompson had not returned yet. So the Warriors who played in that game, and Jonathan Kaminga was really good in this game as well. 20 minutes, 12 points, knocked down a three. He was a factor. Otto Porter, 19 points. Gary Payton, the second, starting for Jordan Poole and and Clay Thompson, 14 points, couple of threes. Draymond hit a couple of threes in this one, and he was on one. Eight points, eight boards. 10 assists for Draymond Green, three blocks in that one, three steals in that one for Draymond. So just kind of the he was everywhere. The quintessential Draymond was everywhere. The Warriors at that point 27 and 6, the loss dropped the Suns to 26 and 6. So the Warriors were on top in the West at, at that point in time, a 32-23 fourth quarter, but some of the other Warriors who played and played well, JTA, Bielitsa, Chioza, Quindary Weatherspoon, there was a texter saying, hey, do the two-way guys get rings? You bet your ass they do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah they, they, so Quindary Weatherspoon mm-hmm. and, and Chioza both uh, getting rings. And Jonathan Kaminga, 12 points in that one, as, as we mentioned. But, yeah, it was 
a lot. It, that was a game where the depth and the strength and numbers were tested. The Suns had everybody in that game, and the Warriors were able to win it. When you're looking for moments that can break another team's spirit, look no further than that game in that type of situation because, J.D., Phoenix – Felt, it felt like they thought that was going to be a coronation. Like, ah, we're, we are the baddest team in the West, and we're going to make our statement on Christmas Day in front of the whole country. And, up oh, there's Steph again. Up oh, there's Draymond. Oh, they're getting Clay back in a couple of weeks. Uh-oh, uh, 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 that's not good. That, to me, in the progression of the season, was a gigantic game because not only – did it reinforce to the Warriors, hey, we're really good and we're trending in a great direction? It was a reminder to the Suns and everybody else in the league, don't you count us out because no matter who's on the floor, we're going to find a way to beat you. No doubt. So that one was a huge one. Another big fourth quarter in Utah a week later. Warriors won against the, the fully loaded Jazz, 123-116. to They didn't have Draymond in that game. They did have Wiggins back. Jordan Poole was, was back at that point. But the Jazz were were twenty six and nine going into that game. The Warriors were twenty eight, uh, twenty seven and seven going into that game. So at that point, it was almost the Warriors, Jazz, and Suns. Memphis wasn't as much in the mix, although they got there as as the season went on. And the Suns went on to take the regular season uh, crown, if you will, in terms of best record overall. But that was those were two games where for me, and we mentioned the Brooklyn game from from November, and even the Laker game on opening night. I was left coming out of each of those games with Lakers ain't going to beat them, Brooklyn ain't going to beat them, Phoenix probably can't beat them, and Utah sure as heck ain't going to beat them. Like, and I know the regular season, you don't like to put that much on, but to me, especially if, if teams maybe handle the Warriors in a certain way, but if the Warriors find something on an opponent, I always file it away in the regular season for later. And they did too. <laughs> they did too. J.D., it's an interesting time to think back to the pass that the Celtics took and that the Warriors took. The Celtics went through Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and the Nets, and they swept them. But defensively, that game plan and and what it took to get through that series uh, took somewhat of a toll just because uh, they're playing against if he's not the best player in the league now, he's one of the top two or three in KD. But then they go and they have to play the defending champs in Milwaukee. Things might be a lot different for everybody right now if Middleton was still playing. Sure. He's not. But they get through that series. And they go through a very, very tough Miami Heat team with Jimmy Butler playing the best he's ever played in his entire career. You juxtapose that against the Warriors who – have Denver and Jokic, and he's fantastic, but Murray wasn't there, Porter wasn't there. They weren't healthy. You get to the second round. You play Memphis. Jai gets hurt. You don't see him. Steven Adams doesn't start that series. Uh, He's in health and safety protocols. It was a deluded version of the Memphis team that had been so good throughout the season. Well, then you get to the Western Conference Finals, and I think this part is crucial. Whether or not you believe that Phoenix actually could beat the Warriors in a series, it appeared all year long that that was the showdown that was coming. And then Dallas, behind Luka, gets through Phoenix, who just kind of rolled over at the end and got absolutely drilled in Game 7. And Dallas, who's a very good team but just not ready for primetime yet with the pieces around Luka, gets to the Western Conference Finals and gets rolled by a Warriors team that was playing its best ball of the season and was as confident as the group had been in a long time. The pass that brought both of those teams to the finals, to me, we've talked a lot about the turnovers in Boston. No, no doubt. uh, Turning it all over the floor. But Boston had a much more difficult path, and I think what we saw, especially mentally, it kind of broke them down in the end where the Warriors got stronger when times got tough and were able to roll through a group of young, talented players who hadn't been on that stage before. Yeah, I thought, I thought the, the, the 
championship pedigree was a part of the Warriors just kind of holding to their discipline, and I do think that the fact that the Warriors just didn't have to play as many high-stakes games as the Celtics did helped, and look, that's part of it. I mean, hat tip to the Warriors for handling business, and yeah, the path is the path, but a five-game series against Denver that was pretty comfortable, uh, a Memphis series which was a grind, but then you look at not having to play Phoenix, and, and I think the Warriors would have beaten Phoenix but Dallas was kind of a joke opponent, really, for a conference finals yeah. opponent. It was like Portland yeah. from three years yeah, and, ago. But so I, I thought it was key for the Warriors to get some rest before Dallas, but also have a pretty casual series for a conference final series against Dallas and then get more rest going into the finals. Early on, it looked like, hey, the Celtics may be younger, fresher, but as that series wore on, that was not the case. And the Warriors had the yeah. experience, and the Warriors, even as the older team, looked like the, the fresher team, and, and they were able to, to win it. Lalo in Pittsburgh, 888-957-9570. Let's run through some calls here. What's up, Lalo? Nope, we don't have Lalo? All right, Eric in San Carlos. Eric, you're next here on Warriors This Week. What's up, Eric? Hey, hey guys. Great show. Really appreciate it. Um, I have a two quick points. One is that you can almost, in Sharpie, in the scorebook, when healthy, put the Clay, Dre, and Steph scores, and it's an impact on the game. And I really think that what makes the difference between the Warriors and the rest of the league is the contributions they get from the rest of the players on that team and people stepping up when they need to. It's just amazing to watch like a Kevon Looney just become a monster and, and impactful in games. And then the, the second point is I was literally crying watching them win this series my first Warriors game was uh, watching Lou Elfender back at the Cow Palace. Wow. And having gone through decades and decades of being, you know, biggest Warriors fan and not having the success, but still having the enthusiasm and excitement for the team. This is just a sweet, sweet moment in time. Yeah, I think a lot of people are, are feeling the same way and, and appreciate the call. It, it, this one hits different, I think, for a lot of the Warrior fans. I, I I think it hits different for a lot of the Warriors players too, JD. No, no question. I think I think the first one for Steph Clay and Draymond and, and Igadala and Steve, I mean, that one I, I do still think is probably the most special. But I think this one's number two. E- easy because there was just such a weight, I think, to the the seventeen and eighteen. Look, seventeen was almost righting a wrong, right? Yeah. In, in their mind. Mm-hmm. Like should have won in sixteen. Didn't win in 16. You get Durant, you win it. But then it just felt like there was such a weight around this team because of Durant and the expectation to win. And 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 everybody kind of knew, but it also, they just weren't as liked. They just weren't as likable. Because uh, the, the Warriors weren't really likable that first championship run nationally. They were, I'm, I'm yeah. talking about, oh, obviously yeah. in the Bay. But nationally, they were really likable. And then even the next year where it's, oh, they're not that good, and then they run off 73-6, and six, and people were people were doing a lot of talking that next year. But when they got Durant, it, I think that's when the narrative sort of shifted nationally as far as them going from likable to the villains. And I do think that carried a weight for 17, 18, and 19, where this feels more like 15, and to do it with the seven-year gap, for players getting on in age, and yeah, a couple of people have pointed it out, the six straight with a healthy trio, I mean, it's pretty amazing. There is nothing that this group seems to love more than proving people wrong. And Clay pulled the curtain back a little bit the other night, J.D., and saying, hey, that tweet from Jaron Jackson Jr., and of course Clay didn't use his name just to tweak him a little bit more, but... When he tweeted out strength in numbers, the the Warriors and specifically Clay filed that away. Yeah. And as I have been around the group for three years and and watch him from a distance the last few months, what it reminded me of is as a team, the embodiment of Michael Jordan in the last dance saying, I took that personally. <laughs> the Warriors took all the criticism personally. This was a, a a referendum on all of the the stuff that people were saying. Ah, it's done. This is all over with. This group cannot get back to the top. 
Draymond is not the same player. Steph is great, but he can't carry a team by himself. Clay will never be the same after two serious injuries. They don't have the right bench pieces around them. All of those guys remembered everything that came at them, and it fueled them in part to get to where they got. All right, here's Clay. There was this one player on the Grizzlies who tweeted strength in numbers after they beat us in the regular season, and it pissed me off so much. I can't wait to retweet that thing, freaking bum. That, I had to watch that. I'm just like, this freaking clown. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, that memory just popped up. You're going to mock us? Like, you ain't ever been there before, bro. We've been there. We know what it takes. So to be here again, hold that. Twitter fingers. Can you believe it? I got a memory like an elephant. I don't forget. And there was a lot of people kicking us when we were down. Uh. Yeah, and that was that was actually a night where the Warriors rested their guys and Memphis blew them out in Memphis. And it was an ugly game. And, and you could tell, I mean, Memphis, there was no let up. I mean, they wanted to put it on the Warriors even without their guys. And I think... This isn't a defense necessarily. I mean, Jared Jackson Jr. tweeted what he tweeted, and that's fine. But I think it was almost a, like, I think the, the Grizzlies were offended, just for some context. I do think the Grizzlies were offended that the Warriors basically punted that game. And, and I think the Grizzlies didn't just want to beat them that night. I, almost like they think Kaminga and Moody and Poole are going to come in here and beat us or, or hang with us, and that ain't going to happen. So I, I do think there is a little – a little more of a background to it. I'm not saying it makes it right or wrong, and Clay yeah. clearly remembered it, and it was motivation, and, and all of that is true. And file it away for the – I hope they play four times next year. Could well, be three, uh, but I hope it's four. You know the league's going to make sure there's four. I hope it's games. four. There, they could be three or could be four, but I hope it's, I hope it's a year where they play four. Uh, but, yeah, there was, there was something to the Grizzlies kind of feeling that the Warriors didn't take that game re, you know, respectfully enough at the end of a five-game trip. For a team that – seems to be anointed by the rest of the league as the next big group led by Ja. J.D., on top of that, I think Memphis still hadn't forgotten Andre's True. Uh, refusal to go to Memphis and be a part of that. But all that aside, it's been fascinating through time to see how this group has kind of pushed off out – Remember at the at that last KD year, uh, it's nice to not be under the, the spotlight the same way at the start of the season. It's nice to have the Lakers take the day-to-day spotlight and, and, and not have to be part of the media machine all the time. Well, then the KD Draymond stuff happens at Staples, and that changed how that season unfolded. I think this group really enjoyed the rise of this season a lot because it was a reminder to the rest of the country and the basketball world, we're still here. And nothing can motivate an older team more than seeing everybody say, ah, their time has come and gone. Steph's not the same. Clay can't be the same. Draymond isn't going to be that same player night in and night out. And they took it all personally, and it made them uh, even tougher mentally than they've already shown to be through the years. The 510 Xfinity Mobile text line, proving people wrong is a trait all great teams have, and the Warriors absolutely have it. I think that encapsulates it perfectly, whether it's the the Lakers teams, even with Shaq and Kobe, not as dominant yeah. or, or for as long as, as this group has been, but they did, they did have a three-peat in there. Toward the end, it was like, are they really going to do it again? They had the bouts with with Sacramento. They ultimately won in that in that last one to get the three peat. But really, we're talking Bulls of the '90s, Lakers of the '80s, Celtics of the '60s, and then the the George Mike and Minneapolis Lakers of the '50s. But there are some parallels, I think, most recently, last forty years, with the Lakers group that that did a what eighty, eighty two, eighty five. 87 88 so they you know they won one and didn't and did and didn't for a couple years and did and didn't and did for a couple years and before their run ultimately ended there at the at the end of the 80s uh th- this feels a lot like that now to me uh they ended up winning five and nine the the Lakers did the Warriors now have four and eight so stay tuned for next year obviously the Bulls had the gap when when Jordan went to Went to play baseball. Uh, excuse me, couple 
a couple other text messages. People coming down your road for Boston having the harder path. Broken Nets team, Bucks team missing their second best offensive threat, uh, and a and a broken down Heat team. Come on, man. Five one zero. I don't think it was that much easier in terms of path. Jokic was the MVP. They said Memphis was more athletic and physical. People were saying Doncic was the best remaining player in the playoffs at the point in which the conference finals started. I do think there's some debate. Look, Denver was a great matchup for the Warriors. They didn't have their second and third best players. Memphis played better in some ways without Jaw, which is a little weird, but they got to address that. So I I think I'm not even – the Jaw thing for me is not even a thing, honestly, because Memphis played better without him than they were. And the Warriors are just better. Yeah, they're better than all. Uh, yeah, no, no doubt. So I'm not. I mean, we can debate it. It doesn't really matter at this point. Right. I mean, I mean, <laughs> the Celtics were clearly the more, the more fatigued team at at the end of that run. It doesn't matter. Like your path is your path. Right. And the Warriors beat everybody in their path, and nobody's taken anything away from the Warriors on that front. Uh, the six five zero. I wanted to hit this one, and we'll get to a couple of calls here. Uh, saying the Warriors were not likable after the first championship. I disagree with that. They were likable after the first championship in the national landscape. I think what happened, and the texter points out, that's why they came out with the the, the 15, 16, 24, and 0 and all that. It was more players within the league that were were running off at the mouth. The the Hardens and the and the Chris yeah. Pauls and the and the others kind of this tone that they weren't that good, and I think the Warriors came out that next year like, oh, we're not we're not only that good, we're better to the tune of of seventy three and nine. That to me felt more like internally in the league, some of the great players were uncomfortable with how the Warriors were doing. I thought the fans those first two years loved it, even on a national scale. To me, it was when oh they went seventy three and nine, lost and got Durant. I think that's when nationally things soured. Might be semantics. You may say, who cares? But that's sort of my read on it. No, but I think your read is absolutely right because they were likable. And then KD gets there and everybody goes, what? Like, this is a joke. This team like, this is a joke. ruined the game. They, they ruined the game. What I'm curious about as the Warriors move forward here, JD, this run happened for a variety of reasons. But as we are going through the different points here, so much of what happened this season was fueled by so many people saying the Warriors can't do it again. Now, as they've done it again, and they've won without KD, and they've won getting Clay back after his two very serious injuries, and they've won with Steph playing at an incredibly high level still, what is the fuel now? And all great teams need to find it from somewhere. But what is the emotional lift that is going to take this team to that next point? I mean, if Steph's out there in the car, I know he likes to listen to the station. Call in and and we'll discuss it. But there's always that next chip that's on everybody's shoulder. I'm curious, having gone through this time and gotten back to the top, what will it be now moving forward? Because they've answered all the doubters. They've they've got the last word. They did it. Now the question is, can they do it one more time going into next season? Yeah, and I think it's it's going to be people saying they can't go back-to-back maybe with the age of some of the, the star players or the core three. But, I mean, good luck with that one. To, yeah, me, the biggest, to me, the biggest question mark for the Warriors next year, and I, I know we're up against it here, so we'll pause – the biggest question mark for the Warriors next year is, how, for me, how do they get through the regular season and win it? I mean, they'll win enough to get in the tournament, right. barring health. But to me, it's how do they stay motivated enough to to get a top four seed and give themselves that opportunity? Because if you think the regular season meant something to the Warriors, those first 54 games. 100%. It didn't the last 28, but it did the first 54, and that's what set them up. Next year, I mean, good luck. I mean, if this team starts... 15 and 10, and they're kind of six, you know, in the mix. I mean, everybody's going to say you can't count them out. They'd, they wouldn't be wrong. But at the same time, you do have to win enough next year to be, I think, top three or top four in the conference to, to really give yourself the, the best shot. Uh, more on that coming up. 
Full phone lines as well. Uh, 888-957-9570. It's John Dickens and Nick Friedel here at 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back to Wiggins, shot clock at 10, screened by Iguodala. Wiggins gets the baseline, back up top to Andre. Andre loads it up and hits a three. Big shot, Andre. The Jazz will call time. 8-1-1 to for Golden State. And they lead 119-112. My goodness. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. My goodness, indeed. That was New Year's night in Salt Lake City. Warriors beat the Jazz on that night and uh, welcomed in 2022, and it would be a special 2022 as here we are now five and a half months later, and the Warriors are NBA champions for the fourth time in eight seasons and the first time since 2018. Andre Iguodala, the big shot there, and you know, yes, Steph and Clay and Draymond are the foundation. We've talked a lot about Wiggins and Poole as the two players that leveled up, I think, to offset the loss of, of Durant from when this team was championship caliber going back to 2018 and even 2019, although they came up a little bit short against the Raptors. Porter and Peyton and even Bielitsa to a certain extent Key, Kavon Looney, can't forget about him, the, yep. the glue veterans. Andre Iguodala was huge for this team in the first two months of the season, and in particular the first 20 games of this season when they were 18-2. and two. He had his best games in a lot of these games where the Warriors had sort of these statement wins against some of the, the elite teams, at least at that point, in the NBA. That game stands out to me. Uh, the the opener stands out. The game in Boston that the Warriors won. Warriors went into Boston and, and got a 20-point lead in December in a game where Jordan Poole was out. Iguodala was terrific in that game. They hung on to win it down the stretch. Iguodala rode off into the sunset. We joked about it earlier. and Onto the golf course. And, and became a, a pseudo-player coach, mostly coaching. But his play set a massive tone for the way the Warriors wanted to do things. And I think that tone was filled by the others as he kind of had to tap out physically. Mm-hmm. The Warriors desperately needed the example that Andre provided early in the season. And, J.D., when you're trying to find the reasons why everything clicked the way that it did, you made such a terrific point earlier in the show in that, Steve Kerr knew that he wanted his team to to build up those wins early, and he treated the preseason and this regular season a little differently than he would have if they were coming off a title or if they were coming off uh, a more successful year than they had had last season where they got bounced in the play-in tournament. When you go back through the, the first portion of the season – 
Andre Godala is was at the forefront of of what they needed in that moment. And we played that clip of him in the shot. Without him setting that tone early, they're not 18 and two, and they're not building up the confidence that they need to carry them through the rest of the season. So everybody, when when Iguodala got signed, there was a lot of talk around the league. Oh, you know, to do what? You know, what does he have left? And it was another reason why when you look back and you, you need all these different things to fall into place, they didn't need Iguodala at the end because they had the answers already within the roster. They didn't know those answers existed in the beginning, though, and he provided that bridge, which is what, exactly what they need. And I think Gary Payton II was was really, and, and he came back and, and was a factor in the finals after missing the first game and, and missing the five weeks with mm-hmm. the injury against Memphis. To me, you could make a case the Warriors don't win that series without Gary Payton II. You could right. make a case they don't win that series without Kavon Looney or without certainly Andrew Wiggins, and then you have Steph Curry, the unanimous finals MVP, as if there was any doubt, going full-blown legend mode in Game 4 when the Warriors were in uh, in a legit pickle down 7 in the fourth quarter oh, yeah. with that building going nuts. I mean, that was when it turned, but they were they were in a legitimate danger zone. If, they, if Steph doesn't go full Steph, J.D., and they go down 3-1, we're not sitting here having this conversation probably because the series is already over and Boston has become the champs. In all these big series through time, you need your best players to step up. We're talking about chips and what what the Warriors need motivationally to to get back to this level a year from now. Steph Curry heard all the noise and all the people who said, ah, he doesn't have a finals MVP. He doesn't have that piece that all the greats have. He heard it. It motivated him. He knew what was being discussed. And now he knows that that's long gone forever. Nobody can come at him anymore that he has this hole in his resume. And I think that is such a part of the story of this year's group because it it bonded them. They knew that everybody was going, ah, they're not ready for that moment anymore, and they absolutely were, and they showed it time and time again. And to your point, they showed it from the beginning of the season and kept pushing forward. One quick text message, 423 says, their motivation will be people like Nick saying that the Celtics or that the Warriors had an easier path than the Celtics. <laughs> there's always There's always something. The Warriors fan base loves to find something from everybody. It's certainly not just me, but man, oh man, this fan base goes out of their way to find the the needle in the haystack when people say, ah, they're not good enough or they can't do it. The 415, the fuel is that people will say they are one and done now, that they can't win another one or that this was the last one. The fuel is the Warriors can't win as many rings as the Bulls, uh, which, okay, they'd have to win a couple of more to get to the Bulls level, so we'll see if that is uh, something that's in play. So, yeah, some, some good messages there. My goodness. Uh, we stayed <clears throat> stayed away from it a little bit, but, uh, man, people coming down your road. Hey, I missed everybody. It's it's great to be back and, and feel all the love. Man, my goodness. Interesting. All right, John and Daly City, let's get back to the phones. What's going on, John? What's going on? Thank you for taking my calls. I just want to bring something to the narrative between KD and Steph, and I'm sick and tired of hearing about it on ESPN. Who's better? Steph sacrificed two or three seasons of potentially another MVP season. When he let KD join the team, he stepped out of the way so KD can shine. He was coming off a back-to-back MVP season, and there you go. He is the most unselfish player who's ever played the game, and he, he takes, you know what? Stuff is amazing. I'm taking it off there. Thank you. Uh, well said. I mean, I, I think a lot of people feel that way. I don't think you're wrong about that. I mean, Durant needed to play a certain way to come in and fit in, and, and eventually he did fit in the, the Warrior system, but it was also Steph being cool with it and a lot of superstars. He's the most unselfish superstar player maybe in the history of the game, maybe in the history of professional sports. 
when you hear the Steve Kerrs and the Clays and Draymonds talk about the impact that Steph has, JD, a lot of people around the league in similar situations in the hierarchy of their team, you hear people say stuff and it feels like lip service. I am telling you the Steph feeling inside that locker room and inside the organization is just different out here. Hell, look at the team that I've been covering the last four or five months. People really respect Kevin, and they know how much work he puts in, and they know how great he still wants to be, but he doesn't have a history with the Nets. He is a, a hired gun for the Nets. Steph was drafted here. He was developed here. He and his wife, Aisha, have made a home here. I think all that stuff is important. But if you want to learn about what makes a team great and what makes a leader resonate, ask all the people around them. When you ask the people around Steph Curry, the impact he has for the Warriors, they tell you time and again that it just can't be overstated. He is that type of player and person that everybody else wants to rally around. And I think... Uh, the way I put it into context, having watched Steph the last three, four years, is he makes the people around him feel important when they have that time with him. And that, on a basketball team, in a boardroom, wherever you are, that is a crucial component to great leadership, that he makes you feel comfortable even though you know if you're one of his teammates, that he's one of the very greatest players that's ever played the game. The amount of respect that Steph Curry has in that room is unbelievable, and it's only going to grow even more over these next few years of his prime. Let's get to Jay in the Bay next here on Warriors This Week. What's going on, Jay? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Hey, J.D., thank you for all the work that you put in for this season, too, man. I mean, uh... Uh, I appreciate your story and the Raptor, man, and, and uh, hearing you on the radio, I know you, you, you put in your time, man, so thank you for Pre- your work. Appreciate the kind um, words. Thank you, Jay. Yeah, hey, real fast, though, so what I was wondering, though, so you guys were saying, right, so Chioza and Witherspoon both get a ring, correct? Yes. But they were unplayable during the postseason, though, right? You can't play anyone on a two-way contract in the in a playoff. Correct. Game, correct? correct. But they were so, still members of the team, Te- you know, technically. Yeah. So why, so why do the Warriors keep two-way contracts and not put people who could have a position to be able to play in the postseason? Is it to like kind of support the brand of the Santa Cruz Warriors, or is it because of money, or what's the purpose of having those players instead of somebody that you can play in the postseason, like just more people off the bench? Well, it's it's basically. I mean, the NBA put it in as a as a. I think a pseudo, and thanks for the call, Nick, you can add to this, but it's kind of a pseudo minor league kind of a deal akin to baseball. I think part of it is is promoting the, the G League too, but it's yeah. it, it's also just added depth. It's it's You have your 15 main roster spots, and then you can have two more. So you already have 15. So essentially you're two-way guys, and it doesn't work out this way for everybody, but essentially your two-way guys are 16th and 17th on your depth chart. So you're not going to want necessarily or need them to play in, in the playoffs. Now, once in a while, teams have a lot of injuries or a player plays that well to where you're going to want to have them on the on the roster in the postseason, but you have to clear a spot. And the war, the rules were different during COVID, I think, because yep. of availability issues. Uh, but, you know, it's it's the, you know, Chioza and, and, and Weatherspoon were, were 16 and 17 on the depth chart, so it's not, there aren't, there was no reason to for the Warriors to need or want them to play in the playoffs because they had plenty of other players that could. But if it had gotten to the point where they needed those spots, you would have to to cut somebody and and elevate them basically, kind of like the Major League Baseball version of purchasing somebody's contract when they're on a minor league deal right. and making it a major league deal and adding them to your roster. And if you add somebody to your roster and your roster's full, you have to take somebody off your roster by cutting them. I just love that we are two days after the Warriors have won their fourth title, and <laughs> and people want to know about the two-way guys well, <laughs> and their situation. Well, look, I mean, 
of course, like, why wouldn't they get rings? I mean, they they both helped them win. I mean, Quadera Witherspoon helped them win a freaking regular season game on Christmas in Phoenix. When you invest in... People get weird about that. Like, why would they get rings? Hell, hell yeah, they would get rings, and they're in the photos on the plane and oh, everything. They, and they're they're on a part the T-shirts. Of it. I mean, Quindary Weatherspoon. I'm not gonna. You know what? I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it because it was gonna come off as mean, and I was starting to run a little hot. I'm not gonna say what I. I think you know what I was gonna say. But 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 the key in all of this is there is a respect for anybody who who helps. Sure. Along the way, it's why. When the Warriors will sit in the room, the players will at some point here in the near future, J.D., and every team gets a championship share. You get more money because of each round that you go through, and uh, if you win the title, (laughs) you get the biggest cut there is. But historically, for, and I know uh, the Warriors have done this many times, but there are a lot of other pro teams. This is where you're giving... Uh, the equipment manager, you're giving Eric Housen yep. a, a full share of of what the players may get. The PR people who bust their butt every day, the the Raymond Ritters of the world who are bouncing all over the place trying to help uh, sell the brand of the Warriors and, and put their, the players in the most advantageous spots possible from a media standpoint. All of that is rewarded in these moments. So I, I not only do I have no issue with – uh, any two-way guys getting a ring, they're part of it. They're part of the journey. And even the Steph Clays, Draymonds of the world, they respect the fact that those guys are in there working just as hard as they are day after day after day to try and help make them better. Well said. D in Oakland next here on, on 95.7 The Game. What's up, D? D, are you there? Hey, J.D., how you doing, my brother? Hey, good, man. How are you? I'm doing well, and hey, what's up, Nick? What's up, D? Uh, you know, what I wanted to talk about, well, first of all, let me congratulate you, J.D., because, yeah, like a previous caller said, without being redundant, I really appreciate all the hard work you put into the team and to the station, man, and you're very entertaining. And I love the energy of guys like Fontaine Shafty and Guru, but you bring a measured tone and highly intellectual uh, banter, so I appreciate it. Thank you, man. Appreciate uh, that. Yeah, you're welcome, sir. The Warriors are facing a very busy offseason as far as making decisions on key free agents. Like, the core, Steph, Clay, and Dre are locked until 24 and 25. But Lakeup, Myers, and Kerr have to decide who they retain. And the players, obviously, that are free agents are being part of a championship team. They can test the market, right? I feel like the highest priority this offseason is to sign Looney and, uh, sign Looney and GP2 and extend Poole's contract. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. And my second point is apparently a lot of NBA owners are now complaining about the Warriors' competitive advantage, financial advantage. <laughs> Obviously, Lakers and the ownership groups have made – yeah. I mean, I mean, it's always something, man, with this team, every time, every year. Obviously, Lakers and the ownership group have made a lot of financial moves, right, in order to continue winning because that's his highest priority. It's not about saving money or not spending money like the other teams can. It's about winning for him, right, just like the Bartolo with the 49ers. And so now, because of that, uh, he's paying an astronomical amount of luxury tax, as we all know. Do you see the NBA imposing a limit? Or is there a limit on how much a team can pay in luxury taxes in order for the other teams that claim to be at a competitive disadvantage? Because I see that coming down the pike because of what the owners, other owners are complaining about. And the last point, and I'll take it off the air, is the Celtics, in my opinion, were just simply not only outplayed by our star players and our bench players. They were also out coached because Kerr would sit Clay and Dre, whether they liked it or not, he would sit them, right? These are key components of our team, obviously, but he would still sit them when they went cold. While Ludoka just continually had that seven man rotation. And I'm not making excuses saying, oh, you know, they were tired. But then again, you could see that they were worn out. I mean you just if you watch the games, these dudes Smart, Tatum and Brown were just strictly worn out. That's all there is to it. But, again, I take it off the air. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Love the Warriors. See you at Monday, hopefully. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, D and Oakland checking in. Good stuff from D. Yeah, the Celtics were worn down. But that's 
part of it. It's part play- of part of getting to the top and winning. The, it's it's a battle of attrition, and the Celtics had six playable players by the end of the series, and really maybe even five. I mean, Grant Williams was pretty bad in that series, and Peyton Pritchard, after a couple shots in Game One, was pretty bad in that series. And and the Warriors, I don't think the Warriors had they had maybe eight, but I mean, it's they didn't have really have more than eight, but their eight held up better and look that's all part of the deal it's like people going crazy on the text line about the easier path thing like freaking out like full-blown neurotic on the like it doesn't matter who cares who had the easier path or didn't have the easier path the Warriors won the championship your path is your path and if other teams in front of you can't get it done Phoenix or whatever that's that's part of the deal if guys get hurt that's part of the deal the Warriors have had it go the other way where guys have gotten hurt and they haven't won maybe because guys have gotten hurt it's just it's just part of the part of the equation there Nick quick thought on that I think a huge focus going into the series JD was the championship experience the DNA that the Warriors had and could the Celtics overcome that even though nobody had been in the finals Tatum hadn't really reached that level in his own career and Jalen Brown that is a huge factor to me when we look back in this series because at no point did the Warriors panic. They lose game one. They didn't really look right at the end. You thought, "Eh, what's happening here? They lose game three. Things aren't looking good at the end of game four. Here's Steph. Take care of business. And he did. That is a look of a team that knew the situation they were in and weren't afraid of the moment. Didn't get swayed by all the bright lights in the big stage. The Warriors understood what was going to happen, and they took care of what they needed to, and that part of this is crucial no matter who had a better or easier path to get there. When the time came, the Celtics blinked, and they didn't play the same way or take care of the ball the same way that they needed to when the games meant the most. As far as some of the off-season conversations that D brought up, uh, he he had Looney and Peyton as as one and two priorities. The pool extension, I think, mm-hmm. is something that's going to get done. Kind of a, a a branch off of that is, and somebody texted about this earlier, and we didn't get to it. You know, is is Pool going to be happy coming off the bench next year? Which I think, look, he's going to get, I think, nine figures say, in terms of reasons. That check's going to be big enough to handle that. Yeah, the, the or it should be the. The contract north of $100 million, which is likely coming for Jordan Poole, is probably going to be enough to assuage his concerns about being a sixth man. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I think that gets done as far as the pool part. Wiggins, last year of his deal, I'm standing pat on Wiggins. Like he's, I'm not doing an extension or necessarily anything on him, but I'm, I'm, playing, I'm playing out the year with Wiggins What do you think the, the market – could potentially be for Wiggins. I think he, I think he could be a twenty-five million dollar a year player still. Like that's the thing. Like yeah, yeah. Was he overpaid? Maybe for like was he not a true max player? Sure. Okay. Circumstances. He was the number one pick. He was in Minnesota. They had to pay him. Like there's a bunch of reasons why a guy becomes a, a max player. You know, is, was Wiggins the quintessential max player? No, but he still. Deserves some good money, like right. So maybe it's not thirty-five million. Maybe it's twenty-five million, or you know, twenty to twenty-five million. I, mean, I think he's probably with the finals he had, and we're still a year away. But why? Why wouldn't he be a, a three and eighty or or a four and a hundred kind of a guy? I think he probably is. He made himself a huge amount of money, and forever changed the way the narrative surrounding his career looked. And that is a credit to, we're, we're talking about the mental toughness that Steph, Clay, Draymond have to get to this point. J.D., if you're Wiggins and you have heard the criticism that's been directed at you from the Minnesota time on, it's a real, real credit to where he's gotten in his career at this point to turn everything around and play in the biggest games, some of the best games we've ever seen him have. And I would put Otto Porter Jr. in that category as well, going back to the others. You know, Looney and Peyton being a priority. Porter, maybe because he's a little older, had some injury issues. Maybe he you're, you're, you try to fill that role another way or with a different veteran. But, I mean, Otto Porter 
Otto Porter Jr. is pretty important to the to the Warriors' success this year. I'm Huge. I'm always a run it back guy in, in terms of like I don't want to lose anything. I want to keep I want to keep everybody. Uh, but yeah, Looney and Peyton are interesting. Porter, I think, factors in there as well. And then you also have to plan the roster to where you're going to have more minutes for the young players to be a part of it and develop. But you also want to make sure that you have enough veteran players yep. to where you have some insurance policies in some of the biggest games and maybe even some of the playoff games. So it, it is a it is a tricky blend, but when you win the title, you do have a little bit more flexibility. 888-957-9570. One hour to come. A big-time question along these lines asked by the text line. We'll get to it coming back here. Hour number four. J.D. and Friedel, 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.